What's going on? Well, you know. <laughs> I I really don't. That's why I asked the question. I uh, you know, a little bit, a little bit of that. Isn't it cool though that it's cool to be a Star Wars fan now? Is it? Yeah, because Are we sure. Because this is this is a cool show. It is interesting. Everyone I talk to about it loves this show. And then everyone mm-hmm. I talk to about it also seems to have some sort of knowledge that, like, people aren't watching this show or something. Right. But if everyone's saying that, I don't know. Well, it's mainstream now, Star Wars. Star Wars is cool now. It didn't used oh, to be cool. Oh, yeah. No, that's not true. Uh, no, 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 no. I was going to come out of the shadows. But, yeah, um, no, you can go right back in. Poke you back in there with the broom. Get right back in there, buddy. All right, well, you know, I haven't beat Pokemon Scarlet yet, so um, that's okay. That Yeah, well, I actually, I, I heard <laughs> what the, the only negative, all right, two, two comments that I've heard about the show. One's my own, and you can guess which one. Um, I've heard was, so many people love this show, but they keep saying that nobody's watching. So it's getting like, as like the hipster kind of, you know, it's cool and hip to push the show that nobody's watching, which doesn't mm. make any sense to me. Um, oh, I mean, so that's, that might be the first thing I said. Second thing that I definitely said was it is difficult to tell somebody that the show gets so so good like episode five and episode six are like the big huge payoffs and then the show just goes off yeah a person will not they'll see like 12 episodes you know these episodes are anywhere between 35 to 50 minutes um i think this episode was like 40 minutes maybe uh maybe a little bit longer but mm-hmm. it is it is it, it's it's started at, at slow. If you think of them as you know four separate movies, it becomes easier. But I mean, we we talked about at certain points about just how the show is at ending episodes, and um, also we we never talked about the the opening theme. I don't know if, we, if we've ever. How talked can about- we? Well, they, they change the theme every every episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. I, dude, I, I genuinely, I love, love. Compliments for this score. Okay, genuinely. I can't, I can't remember the theme of this show. Yeah, gun to my head. Pull freaking trigger. I have no idea what the theme of this show is. I can't okay. remember it at all. Um, well, I, I just rewatched can you hum it. The la- uh, yeah, I can hum it. Um, but I'm not going to do that no, because coward. I don't, I don't want us to get demonetized by a Disney, um, because they, they would do that. Um, well, no, I, I, I have a clear idea of that. Um, the like kind of music as they're like walking around is really distinct to me. Um, and then 
the I mean, I, I, I just rewatched the last episode, so that March is really, really big uh, in, in, yeah, in, in my head. Some excellent diegetic music there. Diegetic? It's like um, it's happening in the in the movie. Oh, like it's not oh. just score. It's it's or, it's like organic. Like the people in the movie are hearing it as well and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we should talk other Star Wars stuff. I guess I have like five things to say. Wow. Two okay. Things. No, I have two things to say. I have like okay. nothing to say, but I do have other Star Wars stuff to talk about. Um, but I do. Yeah, that march and that music and all of that. I mean, again, like again, it was Patel. The music played such a huge part in this episode, and as as great as this episode got, like it was the moment where the little marching band is lined up, and all the stormtroopers are lined up, and then just hairs on my arm are standing up, and I was losing it, and they just start marching. Oh my god! Right? Oh no, that was the same thing for me. Not even that cool. It's freaking drum lines. Bunch of freaking nerds with their instruments. Well, Not even that cool. Oh my god, I was losing my mind. It was a cool thing. They weren't seen. even that good, too. I know. I'm better. Yeah. Um, you I've I've theme? listened to you. You hear the theme to this? Yeah, that's not me. That's definitely way better Josh. than these these guys. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely definitely true. So, um, ooh, as we're doing this, um, so as you're talking, there's a StarWars.com character you. So I'm gonna fill this out as you're talking about your day and your week in Star Wars. I'm not gonna talk about it if you're not listening. Oh, I'm definitely listening. No, you're not. Unlike unlike. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that at all. Okay. What do you believe your greatest strength is? My wit, my penchant for precision, my <laughs> diplomatic way of speaking, my poker face. Answer this okay, for so me. Okay, so let's Answer go this for it. me. Okay. What are the options again? Your wit. Right. My wit, my penchant for precision, my diplomatic way of speaking, my That's poker my face. Mom, poker face, is that supposed to be Andor? Uh, it could be. Well, I think diplomatic way of speaking. Precision is Deirdre for sure. Okay. So Maybe. I'm going to say my wit. What would your friends say is your greatest weakness? Loyalty? I'm always tired. <laughs> Troubling fo- trouble focusing on the next task. Relying on family ties for my own career. Wow. Okay. Pete, how are you going to pick just one? Yep. Okay. So I've already picked one. Um, which character from Andor would you want on your kickball team? Oh, there's no way you would know any of these people. Oh, please. Um, okay. Clea Markey. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. <laughs> oh, boy. And again, we just spent the first three minutes of this episode saying how much we like <laughs> we like this show. Yeah, is, I know. Yep, I'm the keto yep. lawyer. Uh, Dear and Vel yeah. Sartha. Now I'm gonna. I know who I'm gonna pick. I don't know who you would pick in that. In that's in that in situation. This is kickball. Yeah, on your kickball team. So somebody who's we. I, I have no idea who that is. Right. You know what? I, I'm curious if that's the big alien from like episode one too. That's like no the way. muscle. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I don't know. I, yeah, I have no idea. Too small a character. Uh, what? Solve puzzles, travel new cuisine, try new cuisine, travel, go to the beach. Well, I do still play Wordle every day. Okay. What was your favorite subject in school? History, business, math, English. 
All right. <laughs> this is like a mix. I'm doing some that I know that you would want and some mm. some, some some for me. Well, sure. Oh, it's oh my gosh. Voice. Look at this one. Look at this one. This is so funny. I, I didn't create this quiz. What was your favorite after school activity? Chess club, debate club, robotics club, drama club. Hmm. Interesting. What's your secret fear? <laughs> Water, failure, losing my family, flying. Okay. Who's whose would be flying? Um well of, so there's of the characters from Andor that you were supposed to maybe be. Uh maybe Melchi. Like he was like, oh this this pod jumper, blah blah blah. Hmm. Um which Star Wars character is the most trustworthy to you? Leia, General Veers, Padme Amidala, Chewbacca. Who would pick Veers? Gotta is be Veer... Chewbie. Is, is Veers, like, known as... I mean, Veers is... No, Veers isn't known as anything. Yeah. <laughs> He's known for having a cool Twitter guy, Veers Watch. <laughs> All right, here, here we go. Pick a color. Blue, white, gray, red. What is this? All right, I think there's only two more. Well, I know what you picked. I know what you picked. Well, I know what you picked. Okay. And again, we really like this show. So I, I need you to know this. Finally, choose a Star Wars planet to visit. Nyamos? Nemos? Nyamos? Oh, Ferex? Nyamos is the pleasure planet. We're, we're, uh, uh, okay. Is my guess. Ferex, Jakku, Coruscant. It's very. It's, that's a very simple answer. Who? Why would? Who? Who is the character that wants Jakku? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's see. Wow. Good for us. This is this is really on brand. Are we Carnage? No, we're Cassian. Oh yeah, I could have told you that. Yeah, because this is the the Diego boys. So right. you it's seen nice, our cheekbones? We're handsome. It's nice that according to StarWars.com and their official poll. Their official quiz, uh, they have verified that the Diego boys. I mean, this is this is why you should listen to this pod, um, because we collectively are chosen as Cassie and Andor. Wow! Despite what Pete answered for that one question, they were well, able to. They knew. Cool. So, Josh, sorry to sorry to. No, you're not. Uh, follow up to last week, where I did get two Star Wars comic books, two brand new Star Wars comic books that came out, and I just wanted to cue everyone in on, on what's going on Star Wars comic book wise. Last week, uh, Star Wars Yoda number one by Kevin Scott and an artist I unfortunately can't remember their name, and I already put the comic book away in my little box in my little closet, so I, you know, he can look it up while he's doing whatever he's doing. Um, and then. Star Wars Revelations number one, which is supposed to be like a, a one shot that's supposed to set up where all the Star Wars books are going in the next year in there between Empire and Return of the Jedi time frame. Um, they're both like fine. Um, I don't think you need to read either of them. <laughs> I thought that I would get more out of it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I thought I would get more out of them. I think maybe I'm a little behind on the main Star Wars books since so the, the Star Wars Revelations book was maybe a little lost on me. I mean, look, it's got the Eye of Webbish Bog in it, which next to Borgala is my favorite character. I love the Eye of Webbish Bog. 
And I guess it seems to be setting up this thing in the Star Wars comic books where Crimson Dawn is going to go to war with like an artificial intelligence or something. I don't know. Seems interesting, maybe. So I guess that's what's coming up in the future for the Star Wars books. And then, yeah, the Yoda, the Yoda book was okay. But um, it's, it's, with those, Star Wars does a lot of like mini series about individual characters and they can be um uh a very a very mixed bag because sometimes it's just i don't know i mean it depends on what you're looking for but like some of them have been phenomenal and are like some of my favorite star wars stuff like charles Soule did like a lando series that was five issues that was so so good and there's there's been some really cool ones uh, i think the yoda one might be like an anthology type of thing written by different writers and stuff but it was sort of very straightforward people are in trouble yoda shows up to help out I don't know. So I, like I said, thought we would get a little more runway out of the money I spent on those two comic books. And, uh, it didn't necessarily prove to be true, but I don't know. I have Marvel Unlimited now. Maybe I'll continue reading in the future and get back on that. Who can say? So, uh, you know. Fortunately, we have the Poboy Slush Fund, so you can just have Money Man Cody um, write that off as a tax write-off for the Poboy's LLC, which Technically, yeah, it's a business. Yeah, coming out of the Emporium. Yeah, coming out of the Emporium. Quick question for money. you, Josh. Comic book really question. So, mm-hmm. that Yoda anthology. Do you think. find that in most instances, these comic book writers are true to the form of writing a character? You picture them in the movies and the cartoon. Um, so, like... So- as to what you would assume Yoda would would Yoda would do in in that situation. Yeah, I thought that I thought the characterization of the character was solid. It's just the story didn't necessarily grab me. But it's I mean, you know, people obviously have a take because I think even watching Cassie and Andor or Andor, we're all seeing Andor. We're all seeing the same performance. We're all seeing Diego Luna's performance, but you know everyone watching particularly a character like andor who's got like a lot of nuance to him you're going to be taking away different stuff i mean somebody might write write andor as a survivor and someone else might write him as being more ruthless or you know you lean into your own perception of stuff for sure but i mean i can't there's is not very often that i'm reading a star wars comic book and thinking like this is ridiculous. They would never. What is this? This doesn't seem like that character. But I think I'm also a little easier to please and enjoy encountering other people's adaptations, particularly yeah, in a comic re- book where the stakes are so low. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, not to not to disparage the art form, I freaking love comic books, but it is just like there is going to be another comic book very soon in a way that you know when a movie comes out. And, and doesn't maybe live up to your expectations it can it's it can be a lot more disappointing because there's a lot more lead up and there's not another one coming out next wednesday you know hmm. well, so the reason that, the reason i asked that um i you know i do secret santa um with my relatives coming up about the po boy secret santa and i of the person who is a Star Wars fan in the family, and I'm thinking about gifting, um, and I thought this was a good gift. Now, you might laugh and say this is a bad gift, but I'm gifting an audiobook of Star Wars the 
Storm, which I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if you're familiar with that book. I've talked about this like a few times in the pod, but we've had over 200 episodes. Um, it is a that explains where Anakin and Obi Wan were before. So it, it's since it's since it's now not okay. I can picture the cover. Oh, never mind. Oh, yeah, this is your. Uh, this this person is specifically into Legends, correct? Into Legends? No, no, that's Luminara. It's Luminara. Luminara and Bear. Um, if you're looking at the cover. But Yeah, no, it, I, I, I know what book you're talking about. I can't picture the cover, but I know what book you're talking about. You talk yeah, about yeah, it. so um, it, it, um, it, it ate Bear, which is not a cartoon. Um, Barris is Ahsoka's age, or at least in terms of in the Jedi Order. And um, Obi-Wan and Luke are contemporaries in the show and in the book as well. Um, but it's certainly not written in the voice that was taken for, for those two characters. But I have been thinking about that because um, this particular person listens to audiobooks on runs. So I've, I've been thinking about um, gifting that because they consume a lot of Star Wars Legends. I can't give a more Star Wars legend thing than this book. And um, yeah, so it's, it's just been on my mind. It's, I, I would recommend it's a good read, uh, The Approaching Storm by Alan Dean Foster. Well, Josh, so... Oh, Alan you, Dean Foster, huh? Oh. You, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he write... Yeah, he wrote Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which is the first Star Wars book. Um, like the first original Star Wars book that tells a story that's not just an adaptation. Oh, yeah, wow. Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Mm-hmm. Came out in 1978. Wow. Um, you would have And I did. Is the thing? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I did kill it at Star Wars trivia, and I did win. So you said that there's two Star Wars things that you did. So that was the first one. No, yeah, there's, those are two comic books. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you can tell it's a light content week where you take one kind of general area and you're like, yep, this is three things. I got three things to talk about well, this week. And then we can also talk about the Star Wars content I haven't done yet, which is that I am still... Oh, let's see here. Two bookmarks in one book? What am I out of my freaking mind? What is this? Infinite Jest? I am, I am, I am on page 117. Out of, oh no, 500-something pages in American Gods. Um, I have not gotten the new High Republic book yet. And I am going to finish reading American Gods first. So I haven't done that Star Wars thing yet. So when that episode comes out, will that be in two weeks? I'm, I'm doubting it. Well, when does... Uh... the next Star Wars project from out. I'm assuming it is Bad Batch Season 2, which I think Oh, that is, is January. January. Okay. Let's, let's go. January 4th. Is it? Oh, oh wow. January 4th. Are we getting that anywhere official? IGN. Okay. January 4th. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'll put good. It in the calendar Wednesdays right now. now. So, 
maybe the maybe the high repo boys will be the week before Echo Boys comes back, rather than the week after Tales of I, the Po Boys, which we got coming next week. I'm not doing a new theme I for that. I'm just gonna have to do the Po Boys theme. I can't imagine a better show than High Republic to bring in our new theme for 2023. <laughs> that's right. Well, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Because that'll be that'll come out on January 4th. Yeah. Oh boy. And I have to do a little bit of. Yeah, I got to do a little bit of soul searching about this theme. I have a few ideas. I have a few ideas for sure. Um. Yeah. Listen. It is. It's a pivot. It's a pivot. And our our hearts are to the wind. Emotionally available right now. Emotionally available right now. Come December twenty twenty thirty first. Yep. They're closed. Yep. Closed for They're business. Closed. Yep. No longer emotionally available. No longer emotionally available. Into a new era. Yes. New era of Poe Boys. Yes. Which will be announced in. Yes. Um. All right. Well, why don't I haven't really been Star Warsing at all? I I did happen to catch the holiday special. Uh. For Guardians of the Galaxy, that was kind of like the big cultural thing that I. And then yeah, man. I've I've hinted that um, I have been uh, playing the new, which is as glitchy as people are complaining on Twitter about. But um, you know, it's Pokemon. Never so. heard of it. Never heard of it. Um, that's that game that you play in lines at Celebration or, which I don't think you touched once. That sounds when... accurate. Right. I don't know if you. I more so mean the the reactions. I haven't. Oh, oh, oh. I'm out of the loop. I'm out of the loop. Um, feel must must feel good to be out of the loop. Feels okay. Yeah, yeah, it feels okay. How do you so like when when something big happens in the news? How do you how do you find out about it? Like just at the coffee shop? No, I find out from the news. Oh, but if like, people bo- don't like the new Pokemon game, I just don't find out, or I find out through you. Okay, because there was yeah. there's some in our in our general area. There was some big news that happened, um, which you and I haven't talked about, and I'm curious how how you would have received this information. Not uh, to date the area that we're in, so I <laughs> we'll talk off we'll talk off mic. I don't want to get doxed again. Uh, mm. Well, I think we should get into the episode. We're 22 minutes in, so this yeah, we've is enough. episode 12, last episode. Prescription of Road, season one. Um, Rick's Road, which is uh, very apt. I mean, this I I gotta say they've knocked most of these titles just out of the park. Um, nobody's listening. One way out. Announcement. Announcement one. It's just a great, you know, just great for potting. But Rick's Road also very, very good. Um, this was um, directed by Benjamin Karen, who did eleven, twelve, and I am struggling to remember which. Ep- oh, he did announcement. Uh, yeah, yeah, seven, the one right after the heist. Yeah, so he he did. Three of these I've I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, so 
he he did that and this is uh you know most characters coming to a crescendo of going to uh Merva Andor's um funeral procession and then um just hijinks galore happen and um uh, we have our characters who are invested in we know a lot about all in all the ways so i think what would be cool to talk about is let's let's talk about some characters and kind of right. where they've been at the season their profession yeah, like the death troopers my favorite character death troopers i let's talk about them okay so you've got some grievances they didn't talk. i take it they didn't make their cool noises. They didn't make their District 9 noises. They didn't say anything. I mean, I guess I'll take them not making any noises over them speaking language like they did in Rebels. I didn't care for that at all. Well, there was that. End they of take. Do, they, like, the only one that had any action... Cassian did this like they did. They did look up a ladder, and I thought, oh, it's gonna be real funny to watch a stormtrooper go up a ladder, and then they didn't show it. Well, Cassian killed one. Mm-hmm. Like one just happens to be in the lobby for some reason of the um, barracks, and he like Cassian does this like jump, like gotcha, and then he like shoots him <laughs> in the neck, <laughs> and then sees the guy that owed him money, and he's like, oh, I guess I don't owe you any money anymore. That's weird that you um, sold out on people. Yeah, so it was um, it was weird that they included those um, death troopers because there's, I mean, it, it kind of showed the magnitude of the situation to have those death troopers. Um, I mean, it's only like two, which I thought was that seems right. Okay, I am struggling to think if there was more than two. I thought it, I I just assumed there were more, but um. It is it, one thing I really am episode one and two so worth it is we went to so many different set pieces and we just got the kind of you know full progression of where the oh, story I watched is episode at. two today that also I did that. Oh, okay. Um, had you I take it in one or did you start it too? Star, Star Wars episode one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm reading that big giant book. Um, I did that today. Uh, okay. Some stories I did. Now, are you aware? I've seen this movie. I've watched it. I've seen it more than once. I read a book about it. Are you aware that Jar Jar Binks says Delo fellow gets? Um, yeah, fellow delegates. No, 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 no. He says... Dello fellow gets. Um, uh, you this? He says fellow delegates. No, no. Nope. That would that would be ridiculous if he didn't. Yeah. So I just want everyone to know that. I don't know. Maybe everyone else figured it out in two thousand two. I didn't know that. Anyway, what were you saying? What was I saying? Yeah, about this. I was. It was cool that they went to different set pieces and kind of showed Ferrex all over the place. Like Mira like lands at the facility where the Dork Club you know, ships and all that mm-hmm. panic. And it was all dark and they've, you know, it shows that they've basically taken over the city. They've completely shut down stuff. Um 
and our, our favorite little guy, you know, they mm-hmm. are taking the taxi in scene, which I can't even remember who talked to Luthen um, about like vacationing in, um, in like, well, episode one or episode two. But, you know, it's going to these different set pieces that it just shows the uh, crescendo of all of this, all of the more impactful of you can. Yeah. What happens? Well, and I think it's also t- like I didn't the first couple of episodes when we were stuck on Ferrex, I was like, I'm over it. This place is boring. Uh, and now I could not have a more different opinion like we spent enough time there and gotten like just flushing it out like you said with like the daughters of ferrix and having rick's road and having this like public area where there's like a bunch of history and a bunch of people have died there and it yeah i mean it, it what could otherwise be like a very beige looking place has over the course of the season become a world and like yeah on that like now i'm invested in this like city block that we see and it yeah yeah it feels alive well and also so i don't know if this was for you but in in the early part of the episode cassian goes to his dad's stone yeah and there's this like flashback which doesn't make a ton of sense to me um the line let me pull the line um his dad says that that man who sees blessed than cursed and he that makes i i don't know i don't really understand the point of it i guess well, that he he is able to have a hawkeye view of everything because like he knows that there's the tunnel in the that you thought andor's mom was gonna kamikaze herself in like three episodes ago <laughs> Well, it's, uh, it's so much, this this is obviously like such a political series, and I'm very much about political unrest and stuff. And the idea of you know the person who sees everything that being a blessing, not a curse. I mean, to engage in in civil discourse and to engage in the politics around you and stuff requires that you are aware of things and that you think of things and. You think about the world around you, even when it's stuff around you that isn't pleasant to think about. And so sometimes, you know, to be, you can look at really understanding how unjust the empire is as a burden. Mm-hmm. And I'm burdened with the knowledge of this horrifying prison industrial complex that I just escaped. I'm burdened with the knowledge of how wronged uh, indigenous populations are by the empire. I'm burdened with this. But in that quote, you know, it's not a curse, it's a blessing. And, you know, you see things for what they are and you're able to act accordingly and you're able to be called to a grander purpose or something. So, and then, you know, you have Andor listening to that little boy's manifesto and stuff and the whole call to action. And it is, you know, it is of a theme of, of you're not, you're not cursed with this knowledge. You're blessed with it, you know. That. Good. I there's two there's two points where I got goosebumps. The one I think we both did, uh, marching band pickup, mm-hmm. um, and then mm-hmm. this part too. And I mean, it was just it was just great, and it kind of, it you you get glimpses of it. So the guy's name was Karis Nemec. Um, he's he's like the Lego guy, 
um, mm -hmm. from what episode four and five and six. Mm -hmm. um, and the guy that ends up betraying everybody that in the season makes the point of like this guy is a true believer. You know, he's he's the real deal. That's just there's so many huge payoffs in in episode twelve where you know we haven't really. I think this is the first time we right. Yeah, as far as I know. Yeah, like because I didn't even um, realize it was a freaking audio book. So yeah, um, it's a pure idea. It occurs spontaneously and without instruction. Random acts of insurrection are co occurring constantly. There are whole armies, battalions that have no idea that they're already enlisted in the cause. Remember that the frontier of the rebellion is everywhere. And there's, I mean, it's, it's a full paragraph, but um, well, and is... just the whole point of you know subjugation being unnatural and totalitarianism being unnatural, and it's something that has to constantly be flexed because it isn't the natural order of things, so it has to constantly be reinforced. It's, yeah, yeah, it's very I, compelling. I, I thought it was. I thought it was. It's it's interesting too because. Cassian is not trying to cause an insurrection. I mean, he's in the fight. Official um, at the end of this episode, but it's not his main cause in this episode. No, it's not. I mean, it's not even his tertiary cause. I would argue he has no intention of this whatsoever. Like he's here for his mom's funeral, and then he finds out Bix is captured, and then he, you know, connects the dots. That's his fault. Yeah. To quote Han Solo, "I ain't in this for your revolution, man." Which, um, I guess nobody I don't told think he says Cassian. Man. Although he he, there's no well, there's no reason they never unless it's in these comics that you love talking about so much, um, they never cross paths. Maybe. What do you freaking know? Maybe. Maybe. Well, so let's talk about Brazo. Han Solo uh, was the original fulcrum, actually. So. In the comics, um, I will not take any Ahsoka slander. Well, and I mean, Josh, you do have this anti Ahsoka arc that you've been doing. Arc, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, anyway. Um, well, I guess Brazo, but there's not really much. I mean, the him fighting, it's like, like there are blaster fires going everywhere, it was very cool. Um, mm -hmm. the head butting a stormtrooper was insane. And yeah. it also made me th well. Let's let's rewind a little bit because he he kill kills or knocks out like two or three people with Merva's um, brick stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which kind of showed the you know sanctity of that to the people. What did, what did you think about the whole funeral procession and the culture of Ferrix? I thought it was really interesting. I mean, I don't like if you. If I had not watched this episode the day it came out and I had been skimming through some sort of time waster, you know, pop culture website or YouTube recommendation had had a spoiler in it and I'd seen like a screenshot of Cassian's mom's big giant hologram, I'd have been like, oh, no, this is going to be super dumb. Mm -hmm. uh, but of course, in, in practice, it's incredible. And I don't like... Just her setting it up as I was a kid and I did this and I remember looking up and this idea that the dad all get to leave a message and address the community and um, I don't know I think it speaks to a lot of it. it also like I think it speaks to 
a yearning I think maybe a lot of people have for like being part of a, an, an intimate community mm-hmm. like a larger but small intimate community like a town or a village or something and so that's obviously very cool and then the performance of that you know self-eulogy is also really really good as is the performances of all of our main cast reacting to it yeah 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 for sure and it's also i mean i think they do such a good job of like being you know it's a powder keg and the smallest Mm -hmm. thing can throw it off and in this instance it's pushing e2 emo um and throwing a cape over the recording which is what i think browser just is that dude in the face and um his name is escapes me but he's the the lieutenant who requested a meaningless title to his name yeah. like yeah. five episodes earlier yeah and i remember him clearly sucks at his job old white guy that's like his like second lieutenant that hmm. then, you know just great quintessential um, imperial imperial officers which which is great um you know you love seeing dweeds um get knocked out um on well, top guess, of it. yeah and i'm i'm watching the sequence unfold as as you're talking about it i you know per usual have it on in the background and i i one thing i definitely want to talk about in in terms of that the incitement of this skirmish and everything that unfolds is that it felt strange for last episode for some reason and then in the back of my mind i was like oh i think it's because the climax of it didn't necessarily involve any of the main characters in any real way like this isn't the end of like force awakens where it's poe and everybody going or flying into battle or whatever like Cassian's around but he's kind of got another thing like the climax of this is the people of Ferrix and these imperials some of whom we kind of know based on faces, but it's essentially two crowds clashing, but it it's because so much of Star Wars does tend to be like, oh no, it's about this super secret special person and their triumph. But this episode was very much like, no, it's about like the masses and it's about the people. And it's not about the, any individual in this ensemble It's about this crowd of people gathered here and them as a, as a whole, them as a huge organism, um, you know, striving for freedom and stuff. I don't know. I gotta disagree. Yeah. Very impactful. I gotta disagree because people really care about Pegla and Pegla. He's, he's been upset for a while. He's got his mm-hmm. dogs. He's going to sell Bix's shop. And Andor's here. Cassian's here. He's in the fight. So I, I, I feel like they got a spike. You think, it's, you think it's self-serving, like, fan service? Yeah, to Peglas. You those, think they're giving people what they want, yeah? And, like, it's the laziest out way out. Which yeah, is what yeah. Pegla fans, that's what we call ourselves, Peglegs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you definitely know who Pe- Pegla is based on my description. But no, I, I sure. think it's, and I think it's a job too of uh, made these jokes I, I, almost every episode about how there are so many name in that quiz that you and I a hundred percent have no idea who that person was. Oh, it was the and, little boy. I think you said the name later, and I think oh, it was that guy? Is the manifesto boy? No, that was Nemec. Uh, this this what? was Clea. Who um, is that? Yeah, I know. Still, but again, 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 
it just shows the it's so like Pegla, you can believe that um docking master who like intercepts the call from Cassian last mm. episode. Um even even betrays everybody. All of their motivations. Who I mean maybe they got 45 seconds of screen time total before that, but they do such an impactful job, the environment's so lived in that it's believable of the actions that they take. Um Pegla saving B2 emo as opposed to like the old women that are getting knocked down and shot. A little <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> like <laughs> there's a scene where this old woman gets and then shot in the head and then it pans over. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm I mean you're gonna get to it in a little bit, but I'm pretty sure then it goes over to Pegla just like carrying B2 emo. And it's just like I mean I get it. Like I think the daughters of Ferris have proven themselves pretty capable. Yeah, for sure. Um, I so what do you think about uh, Mira's all of her plans just going to app? Like, is her plan was her plan terrible the entire time, or do you think it's the people that she's working with are incompetent? That everything went um, just hell in a handbasket super super quickly hmm i mean i don't know because it you know i don't know it's because they're coming from a place of fear i think and like the empire the imperial presence here is is like it's like in that manifesto it's not a natural thing they have to impose it all the time so it's it wasn't her call that sent everything into disarray but it's also like as intelligent and precise as she is, we watch her just like break down when she is thrust into that mob and like think she's gonna be like obliterated by rioters and stuff. Um, so I don't know, like when push comes to shove, would she have done any better uh, keeping that crowd from going crazy? Because I mean, she was right, he did show up. And it's her machinations that led to him being able to show up for this. But, yeah, I don't know. Another thing, too, is, like, she she's kind of this voice of reason. You know, she's the closest of these ISB people that understands what's actually happening. Her, you know, she would have no idea that this funeral turned into the entire town, right? Like, she wanted it to make it as small as humanly possible. But at no point does she predict, like, even if you do that, everybody is going to be showing up no matter what because of the cultural impact yeah. that that she has. I mean, that um, Merva has on this. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting. I I don't know. Here's here's here's. I think Mira becomes the carnage of season two. She's she should be stripped of everything. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, I think you're. I think you might be right. Yeah, um, because you know if things are looking out, looking good for uh, nobody's fan carnage um, by the end of this. But I, I not surprise me if this is kind of the you know people that are catching all of the consequences of yeah. what's happening in the background. Oh, sure. It's not going to be freaking old man captain britain or whoever who's in charge of isb like he's not gonna get in trouble yeah it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be deirdre who's 
who's in trub trubs for this one for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about some some storylines that didn't really have and Krieger. make me question why. So there's Krieger, but I'm more talking about. Mm-hmm. What is the point? Um, like, I guess. Now look, this... mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. I am uh, to a certain extent. I don't think that Mon Mothma stuff is like on the level of like some of the B characters in the Marvel Netflix shows where I'm like, why am I even spending time with this character? But yeah, her her conclusion this this episode in this season did it, a lot of characters conclusions this episode to me really drove them. Oh, they are like they showed up to this knowing it was going to be two seasons. Like this is a two season plan. This is the halfway point. Like not everyone is getting a super compelling conclusion because this isn't the end. It's 24 episodes. It's always going to be 24 episodes. Cause yeah, mom Osmos is very much like, well, this the whole season we've been building to this, but it is also, we do get her like really not even pretending anymore. Like you could feel, I feel like the, there were, there were, there's a possible conclusion for this season where she just was like, I'm admitting to my husband and my daughter that I'm part of the rebellion or whatever. Mm-hmm. It goes the other way, and it's just like you know what? Forget it. These are I can't, I can't have both, and so I'm, you know, I'm leveraging what I have of my family for this greater cause and stuff. Sorry, you were saying. Well, so it. I mean, that was the ISB connection to Mon Mothma was part of her episode because uh-huh. like they showed the you know um, other class A students. Who mm-hmm. basically is like start of like oh she's gonna be upset that we didn't capture any of Krieger's people alive and she had his territory so presumably he'll get that territory so he's going to be our connection to the ISB in the event that which I assume she gets canned. Um, maybe, uh, but yeah, it, it's it moves, it kicks it, it kicks the can down. And, um, at some point, there's gonna be you know, um, something with her and something with Forrest Whitaker, um, and all of that line. So, I guess that's just the introductions to just immediately start something in season two. Um, yeah, but yeah. Well, now I, I have what, heard mm-hmm. through interview with with uh, Tony Gilroy, Henry Gilroy. I can't remember which. You know, the Gilroy in charge. That it sounds like season two is gonna. There's gonna be like a time jump. So that does. You know, that makes me wonder. You know, are we even gonna be really dealing with the ISB anymore? Or like you're saying. Is Deirdre full on going to be the next Carnage and be, you know, fired, but still like Carnage be like, nope, I gotta get this freaking guy. I don't even care if it's not my job anymore. You know, for all I, we know, ISB is not going to be as, neg- as big a presence next season, but. It would knows? surprise me if the ISB isn't just because of all of the legwork that they're doing with these characters. Because even, you know, they did all that legwork with um, Lego guy. That work with um, the guy that betrays them in like episode four. 
and there was a payoff to it um, for, mm-hmm. for this. And there was, there was a um, extension where they referenced back at, back to it. So um, I don't know. This love triangle of Cassian, Cinta, and Vel uh, that um, people are going to, Cinta and Cassian are people is going to be my prediction for season two. Um, I don't have a lot of predictions. I don't think it's going to work out for a lot of people. Um, well, here, here's what I want to talk about. What did you, what did you think about Luthen? Um, and seeing kind of the fruition of all of his labors play out and he played no, no part. Uh, I, I thought that Luthen had, don't mind my dog losing it. Um, I thought Luthen had an interesting arc here because it is a it is it's an unspoken thing. It's all in Stellan's Gargar's performance, but none of it is is spoken. Where I think perhaps had he not been there for that speech and the eulogy and all that, I think we would have had a different ending, and maybe he would have killed Andor. Mm-hmm. I think you're watching you watch his performance as he's listening to that speech. And you watch him see, because he is, you know, for all the contributions he has made to the cause, he isn't necessarily boots on the ground. He wasn't there at that heist. You know, he's planning it, but he's doing it from the shadows. He's going down elevator shafts and intimidating new fathers. You know, he's not in the thick of it. So I feel like he he really goes through something seeing that explosion of uh, discontent. And also watching Marva's speech and stuff. So I'll be well, curious how that's reflected in the future. Uh, yeah, Beyond I, him I not agree. killing Cassian. That, you know, he's neutral. He's dispassionately neutral most of the season um, up until this point. See, when Vel is just having that, um, I guess, water in a bottle. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what drink um, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge can turn that into in a few months, but she's just having that. And you can see she's visibly uncomfortable killing Cassian. She, she mm-hmm. is not a fan of this. Does that get no. voiced? No. Um, you know, that's not a hill that she wants to die on. She's got other things on her mind, but that's because she's met him. You know, she's gone through this. She, you know, dealing with all these things and he's not. And, you know, he is, um, in the episode when he's like, kill me or accept me, you know, he, Cassian is, he doesn't even know that Cassian escaped prison. Um, mm-hmm. all he knows is what Cassian had since then. But it's, I mean, it's just, it's very, I, I think back to, as I was watching this, that, you know, chilling speech he did. Episode 10. Uh, ISB agent of like you know I I I sleep with ghosts um, I am not going to be able to see any of the fruits of my victory you know I do uh, something that I'm never going to actually see mm-hmm. and he he does get to see it you know he gets to see the start um, the spark that's happening from something that you know he he knows that he caused Mm-hmm. Um, with Merva, which you know, Merva also—it's interesting that Merva dies not realizing that Cassian 
was the person that spurred her to start doing that stuff. I know. Oh, man. Also, speaking of her passing, this scene we get with what's Cassian's friend's name? Uh, Brazo. Yeah, him relaying um, Merva's message to Cassian. And I, I, I love you. I love you more than any of your mistakes. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. More, I love you more than anything you wrong you could ever do, or or whatever. Yeah, no, man. And that you know, close up on Diego Luna during that whole sequence. And oh man, really, really, really compelling stuff. Really, really good. And it's so cool too. I'm so the characters that they grab, I, but those. People may or may not be joining the resistance, which are Bix, the the son of the shopkeeper who throws the bomb, Brazo, and then like um, a daughter of Ferrix that we is unnamed, but is in a bunch of episodes. I I I, I haven't seen her name. No, I know who you're talking about though. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's cool. You know, it's 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 adding those people to the rebellion kind of makes you like, you know, it, we we know how depressing Rogue One is for all the people that are in, in it. So <laughs> it kind of gives you a little bit of hope of like, may, oh, maybe you know, Brazo, who's like works with his hands, is like a tech person who is not going to be part of this, or I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be I'll be. Curious. I mean, it, when this episode or when this show started out on Ferrix, I remember thinking, well, he feels like a real weep that his buddies are going to like go anywhere or have anything to do with anything because it just seemed like such a, you know, podunk place in the middle of nowhere. And their connections to the larger rebellion were like so tenuous at best. Like, I'm going to send a radio message out and sometimes he listens to me. But the journey we've taken. You know, now I get it. Now it makes sense that they wind up where they wound up. Well, it turned from a rebellion of three because it was Bix, <clears throat> the guy, and his son. And at one point, it was just the son who was building the suicide bomb. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know why I keep saying suicide bomb. He was building the bomb. Who, you know, an entire town uprising, and yeah. it makes perfect sense why that uprising. Uh, like, at no point does Brazo seem like the revolutionary. I mean, he does, um, at certain points, protect his own. I think he's the guy that ties right. the ship in episode three from escaping. Yeah, he is. He is. Mm-hmm. So he's, cer- he's certainly um, willing to do that. Um, well, Josh, we're, we're kind of near the end. Was there something else that was on your mind? Nope. So, it's confirmed. Do we have a date for season two? They're saying 2024. Really? Okay. But were, yeah. were they currently, or are they... No, I think the second season starts filming in January. Interesting. Because this took so many years to, to come out. Well, you know, COVID. Oh, yeah. That, that is fair. Um, very, very excited. Very very excited for for that and just um well what's what's next year so bad batch is next year and then maybe 
right? Or is that 2024? I don't even know. I know, I'm pretty sure Mandalorian is supposed to be, like, spring. Release date for Ahsoka. Rumors suggesting late 2023. Mandalorian Season 3 will be an early slot for Star Wars. Mandalorian Season 3, release date. Not official yet? February. February. February? Um, Mandalorian Season 3. Good lord. Yeah, right. Right. Um, interesting, interesting, interesting. It'd be funny as if <laughs> they they push Bad Batch even farther to the summer. Ugh. And they I don't do, put they, past him. They don't understand the gold they have. Uh, no, they do not. But then no one ever does with Star Wars animation. Which, speaking of animation, so we have, um, we are going to cover next week, Tales of the Jedi. Um. Tales of the Po' Boy, and you'll get to mm-hmm. hear the original Po' Boy's theme um, for the first time in a bit. Yeah, and then we're gonna we're gonna go back and put our Clone Wars hats on, and then High Republic will be potentially our last episode of 2022, which is crazy. Probably crazy. that will probably be our first episode of 2023. Knowing us, yeah. Knowing and... what I plan to read. And based on points. and based on what the fans deserve too, if we're gonna be if we're yeah, gonna be honest, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I so this is one of those ones that oh, up, so good. when they be excited to watch <laughs> the making of. Um, yeah. That's, oh, but, I did finally watch the making of for Kenobi. Yeah, and I. No notes. Okay. Why they gotta be so freaking over dramatic with this stuff? Did they just add all the interviews about how okay. great it was that they're working together again? Not even that. They make Ian McGregor like stand in a in the volume, I guess, and they just project he's standing alone in a theater mm-hmm. watching Alec Guinness clips of Obi Wan Kenobi and then clips of him as Obi Wan Kenobi and like why just interview the guy why are you doing this and then like deborah chow we love deborah chow here directed some excellent episodes of mandalorian she was in charge of kenobi she obviously did a great job definitely want to hear what she has to say and enjoyed her interviews but like they have her walking in slow motion through the volume in the desert i was like why do just let her tell him about being a director i don't why are you making this so dramatic all I'll say is I hope it's so dramatic. Is... It's a making of. Just tell me how it's making of. I hope these this people are contracts. interesting. They don't need this to be interesting. These people are interesting. They're inherently interesting. <laughs> well, I don't think we're going to cover it, but you got that Josh take right there. Well, if you want to email us, um, pubboyspodcast at gmail.com. Have you checked the email? Um, I can check the Gmail. The... Check the Gmail. I haven't checked it all season, probably. I actually check it fairly regularly. It's I used the to first check thing. it like once a week. It's the first thing that pops up. The shape and the shape the future of Po' Boys updates to our ads, terms, and Spotify payouts. Launch a new revenue stream in minutes. Oh, oh no about revenue streams. Birthday, birthday, birthday. Um, nope, nothing. 
Well, um, with that... You could um, change that, listener. <laughs> All right, well, see you next week.